Welcome to the Startup Showcase. I'm your host, Scott Katoon, live from the Allstate Skyline Studio here at WGN Radio in beautiful downtown Chicago. Joining me almost immediately is uh, the newest member of the Technori squad here, Davis Marklin. He was also uh, a poor child that I mentored for several years at Marquette University, which is my alma mater, so a shout-out to Marquette. Uh, basketball team is actually doing something again, which is nice. Makes me want to go back to Milwaukee and, uh, well, do a lot of things, but watch basketball would be one of those things. We've got a cool show. Davis, uh, first off, Davis, welcome. Your first time on air. Welcome. Thank you very much. Of Thanks course. For having me. We're going to make this exciting. Ready? Are you re- can you hear this? It's showtime. Uh, that's not a beer FCC. Don't worry about it. It's Diet Coke. I got problems. But anyway, uh, I wish it was a beer. Bottom line is, Davis, you have had... You know, I have an insight into your story, obviously, because I was your mentor, which I don't know if that's a good thing for you or a bad thing. But um, one of the insights that I have is that very few, let's say, um, entrepreneurs are fully in school and fully entrepreneurs at the same time. Usually they're in school and it's kind of like a side thing or they're an entrepreneur and then they drop out of school and they keep going. And so like... A lot of times when I talk to entrepreneurs who are in college, either they, like for me, I didn't start doing this until years after college. They don't have like the clearest way to judge what school was like for them and what being an entrepreneur was like and which one was more valuable. Mm. And I, I don't want to answer this for everyone out there listening whose kids are pursuing something other than business. So I don't, if you're not in the business thing, although I will say if you're in the trades, you're in the business because you've, you've got to make money and that, that turns into a business. But bottom line is this may not be for everyone, but for those who are in the business world and are entrepreneurial, I want to try to figure out in the next 15 minutes of the show or next 20 minutes what the value you got from education versus what the value you got from being an entrepreneur and just going through the fail, the failures, the trials, the tribulations, the successes, and so forth. Which, by the way, the successes have been numerous. You're you were ranked uh, well, like the top one, but like top twenty five under under twenty five for Wisconsin. You know, people here know Chicago. You know, same thing. Um, and so you've had success, but it's you know, I'm not trying to poo-poo on Marquette because I'm an alum, but I mean, you know, I have my own personal beliefs that universities are teaching the wrong stuff. So I brought you in here to validate my my thought or prove me wrong. So now it's your time to shine. Yeah, let me preface this with, uh, I apologize to Marquette and the College of Engineering if I say anything bad about it. Don't them. worry, they will still call you <laughs> on a monthly basis and say, hi, I'm a student at Marquette University. And I was wondering if you'd like to give to our scholarship fund. Like, Dude, no, not, no. Not, they started no. asking for money before I graduated, actually. Are you serious? Oh, I'm not you kidding. Went, didn't you go, you're like a four and a half year kid? Yeah, half victory lap. Well, that half victory lap is what costs you because they, they don't quite realize that like you're you're on the slower. No, I don't think that. they registered. They thought I graduated. Anyway. Oh, anyway. Um, so, so I think Marquette, um, and I, I can't speak for every university, but I think Marquette's, the academic side, um, they provided a, uh, first of all, the network's amazing. That's how I met you. Um, but the main value I got out of, out of that experience about the academic side was the ability to say I'm a Marquette student and network with the Marquette alumni. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're basically, the whole tuition uh, is worth um, just access to that network, you know, the $200,000 or whatever it is over four years. Which is insane. So, like, I have the same thing going on with Northwestern, and I always say, like, that's been a huge advantage for me is the whole Northwestern and Marquette. I went to Northwestern for grad school. Yeah. Carries a little more weight sometimes around Chicago, um, well, in anywhere but with Northwestern. But uh, the big value, I think, is that I can call and be like, as a student, I could call and say I'm a Northwestern student, and they'd be like, oh, it must be research. And then they would, like, let me in, and I would just rain, you know, through their network. Um, but that's not what university is trying to teach you. 
No. Like, they try to sell that, like, yeah, we've got a great endowment, great network. But, like, you didn't, <clears throat> presumably, you didn't go to Marquette because you were like, man, I just can't wait to pick up the phone and call people and say, hi, this is Davis from Marquette, <laughs> and then try to sell them something. No, I went to Marquette because I thought I wanted to be a mechanical engineer. I got my degree in mechanical engineering. Um, and I thought, you know, I was going to go to class, I was going to get a good job out of college, and yada, yada, yada. And that would be the story of Davis. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's but, the story of Davis. Uh, in a it, nutshell. Well, it turned out, you know, that I, I just found that I wasn't as interested in being an engineer after I had, like, an internship. And I was like, well, I want to do my own thing. Yeah. Uh, or join, you know, somebody else doing some cool stuff. Um, so then I started just going through the network and just spending all of my time talking to alumni. And, you know, nobody said no. You say, I'm a student. Well, I want to learn from you. Um, everybody says they'll, they'll take a meeting, right? Yeah. So um, that's what I ended up doing. Okay, so here's what's going to happen. I'm going to take a break right now. We're going to come back, and then I'm going to tell you my thoughts on this. And you're going to, I'm going to ask you some questions also, because I just think that like education, colleges in general right now are just doing it wrong. Completely wrong. Yeah. Like they're, they're focused on the wrong stuff. They're teaching you the wrong things. The things that I walked away with so far uh, in, the, in the first few years of my entrepreneurial life were worth uh, 8,000 times more. I wrote an article recently. It was in Entrepreneur Inc. or one of these uh, about how the, the, the $87,000 that I spent for the one of the master's degrees compared to the $65,000 I put on a credit card to start my business, which one was more important. Mm-hmm. And I, listen, after the break, I'll tell you which one was more important. So I'm Scott Cadoon. You're listening to WGN Radio AM 720. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to the Startup Showcase on WGN Radio. I'm your host, Scott Cadoon. Joining me, Davis Marklin, new Technorium growth manager welcome to the team uh recent graduate of marquette university my alma mater i want to say all opinions on this part of the show belong to me and davis personally and not of marquette university who i i really do mean this i love marquette and they i had a wonderful time as a student um i'm not sure well you know honestly i actually think that at the time i graduated in 06 at the time I think Marquette was doing a great job. I, I, and maybe, I don't know. I can't speak of other universities, but I, I think Marquette was doing a great job for me. I didn't know what I wanted to do per se. I kind of knew what job I was going to start with when I left school, but they gave me a great opportunity to like play and dabble in a bunch of stuff. I was an advertising marketing person. I did some campaign stuff. I mean, quite honestly, a lot of stuff I, I do today, I, I used at, uh, I learned or did or started at Marquette. And then I have two masters from Northwestern, and I'm not trying to like name drop. I'm literally, I can't think of things that I use from the master's degree on a regular regular basis. And I don't think that has anything to do with Marquette, or sorry, North, Northwestern. I think it has to do with uh, the world passing by the education system and the education system teaching and 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 really making a, a point of putting people through the wrong stuff. And you just graduated, so I mean, you you can speak to this better than anybody. But I, I think, um, you know, and and I hope that Marquette, you know, I I've seen that they've done some cool stuff, the Innovation Lab and the Blockchain Lab and things like that. Show that they're trying to, in the Entrepreneur Center, trying to cater to to entrepreneurial students. But I think what's missing is when you come out of school. In the past, you just had to like have some common sense, some understanding of like what is advertising and PR, what is whatever before you go into the industry. Now the most important things you need to learn are how to manage time, how to manage people, how to multitask, how to um, be able to sell something, how to understand the value of what you have versus how somebody else appropriates value to that same item and then sell it or make them buy in. Um, and I don't think any schools are teaching that. And I think back to the, the Medill and the Northwestern thing, you know, if I was going to be a journalist, I guess they would have taught me the basics of journalism, but I don't think that I learned... I. <laughs> 
I didn't learn how to become a journalist, put it that way, because th- that job doesn't exist anymore. Sorry. Um, but when I when it comes to like the business side of what what Northwestern taught me, I did learn the main items, the things you got to look out for, how to how to run a balance sheet, things like that. But that stuff I could have looked up on YouTube. I could have learned that. You know, I did learn that more or less on YouTube. So what do you think it like you started your company a couple of companies wallet market what were the things that you learned at the exact same time you were in school learning to be an engineer learning to do what technically you'd be hired to do now what did you learn from school versus what did you learn on your own and what what was more valuable yeah so the thing with school is they teach you um the content they they you know they teach you specific things that you have to know or may need to know in a job the problem is, like you said, we're we're living in a society where we need to know uh, how to think. We need to know how to interact with people. We're increasingly become, becoming knowledge workers, um, and the problem is, school right now doesn't teach people that. So uh, they have to do all this other stuff. Um, College kids these days. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, they have to do all this other stuff. Um, you know, they're they're significantly lacking. They only have one piece of the pie. Um, so when I started my companies, I, you know, I, I was kind of, which just, how many is you're, you're 23, right? 23. Yeah. And that's three companies or four. How, what are we at? Three companies, three companies. Yeah. Okay. I'm and two for three, two for three. And then the two, what are the different top, like, what are the different, like, are they, I, I'm trying to get to is, do they run alongside of your education? Like for me, when I started my company at North, when I was at Northwestern starting a business, I ran it pretty much parallel with the education I was getting so that it was sort of like. I could test things in school and I could, you know, bounce back and forth. Were these in engineering? Like what was, how did this, how does this run parallel to your university experience is what I'm trying to get. For the, mo- for the most part, they weren't parallel. The only things that I took from the classroom that I applied to my businesses were uh, problem solving skills, right? As an engineer, you learn how to, how to solve problems. Um, I would say for the most part, that's what I took. But everything else, um, you know, how to think, uh, how to sell things, how to meet with people, how to look them in the eye, right? All the all these different things I had to learn by uh, trial by fire by starting my first business, which was actually in construction. We were, you know, trying to solve the the marketing problem they have for for millennials, um, and so all that stuff was kind of a just crash course. Um, that business ultimately wasn't successful. Uh, but all that stuff I then took away and then started my next company, Euphrates Consulting yep. Company, and we got to you know uh, sustainable revenue within the first month. Yep. Right. Um, none of that stuff I learned in school. So um, I mean, I I want to say like I don't expect schools to be able to teach us how to like the existence of business. So, like that that part you still have to learn on your own. You still have yeah. to trial and error. Uh, but I just think that the schools are not. And you know what? Honestly, this could be something for education too. This could be for teachers. This could be for doctors. I mean, I just feel like we've lost the ability to teach people practical skill sets. So it's like, like you said, content, mm-hmm. content. And maybe this is just what we maybe we just nailed it. In a world where education was, you know, pre-internet, there was no other place to get content. So you go to education to get, mm-hmm. you go to school to get content, and then you go to real life to apply the content and find out whether or not, it, you know, whether you understand it or not. When we look at the world we live in now, content is everywhere and it's free. Mm-hmm. And so we already know or are within you know a couple of keystrokes from knowing anything and everything any university could possibly ever teach us. So then, what's their what's their role? I think the role right now is the network, right? And it's that's not very good because Technori yeah. can you can go to a Technori event and then by the way you could subscribe on Technori.com and it's free. You can go to an event for free and network. So I don't you know. 
It's just one of those things where, like, I I have this question. We were talking about this yesterday about the 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 gap that's going to exist in employment, and we we were being Davis and I were being very specific, talking about technical people, people in the in the you know engineers and so forth. Which the gap for those who are really high quality developers is just extremely wide, um, and we're going to have kind of a, a a gap in in qualified candidates in the developer engineer world, uh, if not already very soon. But I fear that if this is all true that the problem we're going to have in the world of business at large is that it's impossible to hire anyone. I mean, I feel like I've, I've hired now you from Marquette and everyone else from university of Michigan and, and Northwestern. And while I like our team and it's good, I I've gone through a lot of people from both of those universities and, and not found very good. And it's like, how is like, these are some of the best universities in mm-hmm. the world. And I just don't think that they're being prepared to, to do anything. Like, I, I don't, like what? What do you do, Davis? What do you do? <laughs> that's like, a great question. I have like, no idea. <laughs> right? I mean, that's, but like that's crazy. You just graduated from college, and like if I said to you right now, like, what does Euphrates do? What did Euphrates do? Uh, Euphrates is a blockchain consultancy. We primarily help large enterprises implement blockchain technology. Okay. What did what What do you do at Marquette? What do you study? What do you what's mechanical your, engineering? What do you do? Go to class. No, no. I mean, like, what What are you supposed to do after that? Oh, um, what can you do? You just graduate. What can you do? I can. Do you uh, see the problem? Yeah, like. Do you see the problem? Yeah, it's like folks? not, not really anything. Yeah, I mean, like it's, it's like it, yes, I can do a bunch of things. I can do a bunch of math, kind of, and then yeah, but like I can't like do. Any, but I can't make you. a You're car. not a master of one thing. Can I yeah. tell you one thing that you left school and was like, I'm awesome at this. I'm ready to do this. I'm going to go get a job and I'm going to be the best at this. No, no, that's a problem. Like that's they joke about this. Uh, you know, they got two quarterbacks. You got no quarterbacks. Same thing. Jack of all trades, master of none. That's like these. This line. This. This like quote that people throw around these quotes happen for a reason they're real like people if you want to be really talented and have a future of any sort you need to find something that you're really good at or better than everyone else around you and and work really hard to become Mm. the best at it and then you don't move on to something new until you're just the best at one thing and we've got this world of people who are just sort of like hobbyists in a million categories, but like masters of nothing. They don't really love anything. They just sort of like some stuff. I think they call that well-rounded. No, that's worth <laughs> I call that word well-rounded. Well-rounded right in the... Like, no, I mean, that's university jargon for it. That's people jargon for it. I'm, I'm well-rounded. That's that's like a... Um, he's a Swiss army knife. That's Trevor Ariza. Trevor Ariza's only good on a basketball team when you've got two superstars. Trevor Ariza is not a star. And I'm not saying that you like every person who comes out of school has to be a star. There's glue people, but like I just we just went off on a r- weird random Rockets basketball thing. But like <laughs> I, I'm just saying, like it's I I think everyone. I right, put it this way: Would you not be well rounded on your own? Like if you did not go to school, and I and I want to preface this by saying, universities and all schools I think are really good for socializing people. Mm-hmm. This is super important. Uh, especially in a world where we're all on our phones and swiping away and finding our matches on on Tinder and Bumble and Hinge and wherever else. Like, you're literally not communicating in person with human beings ever anymore. So going to university and being forced to sit in a classroom, I think, is really good for that. Socialization, uh, you have said multiple times, the network. Mm. Uh, Brand loyalty is fun. I don't know if it's worth anything, but it's fun. Um, And, like, I think exposure to some people and topics and classes that maybe you wouldn't get in your house or in high school. Those are my value props. Otherwise, what what is the... What you, you know? You know what I'm saying? Like, what's the well-rounded? What's the value of that? There isn't much, in my you view. This? And you're paying what two hundred thousand dollars after you're all said and done? Well, I didn't pay anything. Oh, how does how does this work? My dad's a professor. 
At Marquette? At Marquette. Oh my God, I can't believe we're sitting here like riffing on Marquette and you're dead. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Mr. Marklin. Yeah, they give great employee benefits. I I would say. That's, wow. (laughs) How do I not know this? How could you have never told me this? I don't know. Yeah, that's like basically one of the the only reasons with the market. So he just got fired. He just got docked. (laughs) Did you have him as a teacher? I did. Yeah, I had it for engineering statistics. Okay, so how does your dad compare to the other to the other te- Does he teach the same problems? Is he the same problem, or is, do we need to start with your dad and then work our way, or how does this go? He actually, and this is objectively speaking, my friends have said this as well, is focuses on like what's actually going to be helpful to you in the future. So yeah. he taught a portion in the class on engineering economy, which is like how to manage your finances so you're not broke when you're 60 years old. That's actually going to be useful, yeah, right? Um, how to not spend your, you know, because engineers typically make more money uh, than the average college graduate. So how do you make sure you have that money uh, and have some retirement saved up when you're older? So I, I mean, I, that I, was really helpful. I would think so. And like, I look at like, we, I talk to my wife who teaches high school chemistry all the time about this. And she talks about how she has like her students and she tries to have like a, a real moment with them where it's like, you do know that like when you're done with this, you have to get a job and you have to like, you know, tuck your shirt in and like, yep. that should be a, an adult for at some point. Although I don't. I'm sitting here in my awesome cameo sweatshirt, which, by the way, shout out to my boys on uh, on the cameo famio. But, um, you know, just in general, I, I think that we, I don't know if it's easy or we've just gotten away from it, but we've gotten away from teaching real life and applying the schools and, and our parents. And we just really need to focus on applying the content to real life matter. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, how, how could you, we don't have much time. We give like 10, 25 seconds or less. What is one thing that could have been done slightly different? Like, what's one thing that could have been done with the education, that, the way you were educated, that, that would have made it better, different? I think they could have uh, specifically addressed in class how what we're talking about is going to be applied in your life. That, that sounds reasonable. Enough. But they never did. <laughs> Which is why when I ask you, what do you do? And you go, I have no idea. What does a startup do? And you can name it in like eight seconds. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so we're going to take our, our break here. We're going to go to the news, and then uh, we're going to come back. With uh, the Startup Showcase, we've got two great companies that are calling in live. Davis, who is a, a multi-time founder, despite the fact that he's like 14 years old, um, is going to sit here with me, and we're going to decide whether or not we want to invest in some of these companies, which I think will be fun. Uh, if you want to check us out on social media, at Technori, or me, at Katoon, you can uh, see the companies that are coming up and check out the terms and all that good stuff. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to the Startup Showcase. I'm your host, Scott Katoon, joined by my newest uh, member of the team, Davis Marklin. Um, so we've been talking about entrepreneurship as a college student, more or less. Well, not really. We've really just been like ripping on college for the most part, but, uh, we Basically. are, we, yeah, right. Which is, it's hard to not do. Um, and so we're going to move on to the startup showcase segment of the show. Uh, for all of you people listening, you can find us on social media. I'm posting each one of these companies on, uh, on our Facebook and, and, uh, probably eventually on our Instagram at Technori. Um, so feel free to comment there, ask questions. You can call in here somewhere. There's a number. Just Google it. WGN radio. The numbers like 7,200 or something like three, one, two, something, 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 7,200. If you start with that, you can't miss it. Um, feel free to call us and, and give us your opinions, but here's how this works. Microventures.com is uh, the, the partner of choice for today. And, uh, and for all days going forward, you can go to microventures.com and all you have to do is, uh, register. It's pretty simple. Fill out some information, connect your bank account, put some money in there, and then you can start investing in these companies for about a hundred bucks. 
uh, which is something that I have done for the last several years. And, and I wrote about it on Facebook the other day. One of the, well, not one of the first company that we did this with, uh, Allison got acquired at the end of this year by Marcus Lemonis uh, from Camper World. So uh, to tell you the truth, uh, you can make uh, a living doing just this. So I recommend uh, checking it out. Our first company, Jubal, is uh, co-founder Jose Pablo Toscano uh, is going to be joining us. He is joining us right now. And uh, Pablo, are you there? Hi, Scott. Yes, I'm here. Thank Excellent. you for having me. Of course. Thank you for doing this. Um, so here's how this goes. I don't know if we if we prepped you properly. We kind of put you in the in the spotlight real quick and short notice. So here's what I'm going to do. You're going to have one minute, okay? And here's what I want from you. Yeah. I want to know what the problem is you're trying to solve. I want to know how Jubal solves it. And I want to know how Jubal makes money. And then after that, okay. if we want to have some questions or whatever, Davis and I'll ask you some questions. And we'll learn a little bit more, and then from there, I will choose to or not to invest in the company, and I will share it with the world as to where they can go. Sound good? Perfect. All right. Awesome. I'm going to start yeah, your minute right good, now. Perfect. So basically, Jubal democratizes the luxury of affording a travel advisor by offering personalized multi-destination tours without the expensive planning fees. Our trips are basically focused on experiential travel which is essentially experiencing the cultural and natural attractions of destinations that haven't been influenced by mass tourism. These sort of trips are on the rise. It's actually a $450 billion market. But the problem is that these trips are extremely difficult to plan if you can't afford a luxury travel advisor to help you. In fact, people that try to self-plan these trips spend on average over 23 hours researching and visit travel sites over 140 times. So basically our platform solves this problem by allowing anyone to easily plan trips to over 100 countries. All our destinations have been vetted to ensure unforgettable experiences, and travelers simply have to input their preferences and budget, and we'll immediately match them to their ideal trips, which are 100% customizable, so they can keep tweaking until they're happy, and then they can go ahead and book everything that they need through our platform. And that is essentially how we make money. Once our users go in and, and purchase their flights, accommodations, activities, car rentals. We make commissions out of these purchases. Very cool. Well said. Um, and so in my mind, I'm just thinking of like, have you seen the movie Total Recall, the original with Schwarzenegger? Oh, I don't think I have. You need to watch. It kind of rings a bell, though. You I'm need sorry. to watch this movie, not not <laughs> okay. the garbage one with Colin Colin Farrell. You need the the Arnold one where they book a trip to Mars and they go through like he goes into the into this crazy travel agency that's futuristic. So like they don't actually go anywhere; they just like implant it in your brain. But you can pick yeah. all of the different things you want in your trip. And that so I was listening to your pitch and I was like, this reminds me of Total Recall. I can book a trip to Mars. Um, okay, so. <laughs> Very cool. Where, what was, yeah, that's what was the main idea for you in this? Like, what? How did you? What was the first thing that came to you? And you're like, I need to solve a problem, and this is it. Uh, it's actually a long, a long story, but I'll try to make it short. So, I was basically working in finance before at J.P. Morgan. Didn't really like it at all. I quit, started traveling the world, and as cliche as, cliche as it sounds, I wanted to do what I loved, which was traveling, but not just traveling to see, but traveling to feel like I was discovering a new place. So with this, we started um, our surprise trips concept, which we would uh, talk to clients, we would get their preferences and basically craft them a trip that they didn't know exactly where they were going to go. And we would send them a package with envelopes and they would open the first one at the airport. And that's when they would find out where they would be going. 
So we started with this concept, and it took off really well. And we got published by a bunch of magazines. We started getting hundreds and even thousands of trip requests. And we just didn't have the manpower to operate all these um, proposals. So we decided, like, hey, why don't we just partner with someone that has the infrastructure to, set, to base, basically create these proposals or trip uh, plans at scale, and we just execute the surprise element. And we realized that there was no one that could do this at scale, and it was just um, basically travel advisors, um, mostly in the luxury segment, who could do these personalized trips. So that's when we realized there was a huge opportunity, and we decided to move from from the niche surprise trips to just general experiential travel planning um, and be able to help anyone, uh, even for those that can't afford a uh, luxury travel agent, but mostly for those that, that just can't and are stuck planning it themselves. Very cool. I appreciate you taking the time. People can go to microventures.com slash crowdfunding slash Jubel, J-U-B-E-L, and learn more about the opportunity. You guys have about 17, 15, 17 days left on the campaign. Uh, you've raised, it looks like, 200% of your goal. Um, and so people people are buying right. into this, and um, it looks great. I love, I'm sure you're aware of this, but the, the travel industry and the travel tech industry are booming again. Uh, lots of money being funneled into it, and it looks like your company is no different. So uh, congratulations on, right. on the success so far, and um, you know, thank you again for taking the time. No, of course. Thank you, Scott. Okay. And, and yeah, thank you for having me. Of course. Take care, Jose. <laughs> thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye-bye. Davis, what are your thoughts? I think it's a really good idea. Um, I mean, I, if I were to go on a, you know, a experiential uh, travel experience, uh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know where to start. So yeah. I think if they have a, if they have a way for you to, uh, you know, pick the countries or the cities that you want to go to, and then they kind of pick out the spots for you and like, do a whole itinerary and get everything set up for you. I think that'd be really, really attractive. And yeah, if you have to maybe pay some fees or a commission, I, I think it's great for millennials and younger people, myself included. I, I, I want, like, we're just so used to traveling and, well, not traveling, but doing everything with, like, yep. everything was within, like, the touch of a button. And we're, like, we just, our whole worlds travel with us. And when you travel the world, you come to find out that, like, it ain't like that. Um, and so I, I don't, I wouldn't know where to even start to plan a trip. Uh, and so the idea that somebody else can sort of take care of all those things and make sure that I have like the best experience and that everything is within a click of a button away from me, uh, probably is advisable. So I, I think, you know, whether or not this company is going to be the one or not, I don't know. Uh, but I think that there is going to be another big push towards the digitization of, of the agency experience. I think it agencies kind of went south for the most part. Um, but there's a reason that they still do exist. And, and I, I don't think that the apps and the, the digital experiences have solved for it yet. And um, maybe it is now. So I don't know. We'll see. It's still, it's still a pain to do it. Well, yeah it's, yeah, it's a huge pain. And also I just think it's like, just if I could take a guess, I would say that five years ago when this became a really hot thing again, there was a lot of uh, digitizing the agency experience for a ton of stuff, not just travel. Um, but I think the one thing that, that stands out to me. And that is that we didn't have enough data on people on their behavior and what they wanted to do. And so we couldn't create the best experience. Like in an agency, I could ask you, mm. you could tell me like, here's all the things I want to do when I go to Japan and I would be able to set it all up for you. And I would know agency apps require that people have that information. And I think five years ago, we didn't have it. And if we did have it, we didn't know how to source it and sort it. Now we do. So the ability for these apps to really uh, be good, I think is, is pretty high. So, that's my two cents. Anyway, uh, we're going to take one more break. We're going to come back with another pitch. Uh, this one in the, you're going to love this, the, the smoothie world. 
those of you who like to make uh, to blend your passions, uh, this is going to be one good one for you. So we're going to take a commercial break, and we will be right back. The Startup Showcase continues. I'm your host, Scott Gatoon. We're here at WGN Radio. Our next guest, our next call-in is Tiffany Taylor, the founder of Blendtopia. She's on the phone here. Tiffany, um, welcome to the show, first off. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. I'm a huge smoothie fan. Uh, I like to blend. Mm -hmm. Uh, I always laugh. I don't know if you've seen the movie Enemy of the State. My whole life revolves around movies, apparently. But uh, the movie Enemy of the State, (laughs) they make a joke. Will Smith always jokes about the blender. And I always laugh because I used to blend every morning, and now I don't, but I need to. Yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, juicing is great, but smoothies are just really, uh, in my mind, a step up because you're just getting those essential, that essential fiber that your body is just craving and needing. And so um, I can just, I, I don't know if you want me to just jump right in or well, yeah, if you so here's, wanna... so I'll, 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 Let me set you up. Yeah. Um, uh, sure. so, so you're going to have one minute. I don't know if you heard the first part of the show. Everyone listening here, you've got one minute to pitch uh, what the you know what the problem you're trying to solve is, how will you solve it, and how you make money. And then uh, we will mm-hmm. share with uh, this on social media at Technori, and everyone can find out where to go to invest in your company uh, after the spot here. So <laughs> I will give you one minute okay. starting right now. <laughs> Okay, so um, I, I didn't prepare a pitch, but I just will tell you my story really quick in a nutshell. So my nut, my story is six years ago, I had a friend who was diagnosed with cancer. Um, I have a marketing background, and so I was uh, helping her, um, struggling through chemotherapy, and I kind of had a light bulb aha moment um, as she was having trouble eating, and um, I decided how great would it be to have pre-portioned frozen, ready-to-blend, organic superfood smoothies sitting in your freezer, ready to grab whenever you need them. And so I started making them for her. Before I knew it, I was being flooded by everybody I knew begging me to make smoothies for them. Cut to um, that aha moment, me tabling everything I was doing, and um, I took a year to become a raw food and holistic nutritionist, had the science behind my the backing now to know exactly what I wanted to do, and I moved back to Nashville, Tennessee, um, where a couple years later, I launched Roots Truth, I'm sorry, I launched, it was Roots Truth Foods, now it's Blentopia. Launched in July of 2015 here in Nashville, and the product was instantly accepted. People loved it. Um, it was just, it's all about clean convenience. Um, people love smoothies. Sometimes it's really messy trying to make your own smoothies. So we just wanted to make it super simple. And for me, being a holistic nutritionist, I wanted to have everything in there so it was all in one convenience, clean eating, superfoods, plus. Um, whole foods, so you're in, in each one of the smoothies, uh, targets a specific health benefit. So they're functionally based. And, um, before I knew it, um, we were in whole foods. Um, a year later, we became a national whole foods brand. So we're now in every whole foods in the country. Um, we're now, uh, nationally distributed in over a thousand retail stores. And so we've grown over 2,000% um, in revenue in the last three years of launching. Um, just in the past year from 17 to 18, um, 115%. And um, we are at max capacity, and it is time to move on to a new production facility because we cannot keep up with the demand, which is obviously a good thing to have. So we have launched a. Great problem. Yeah, I know. It is a good problem. 
Thank you. Thank you. It's It's been a long journey, and I didn't give you any of the dirtiness in between, um, but there's been a lot of blood, sweat, equity, and many tears, um, but it has been something, you know, I think two things you have to have is, is as an entrepreneur is first you have to absolutely have the passion and the drive, um, but you also have to have the grit to just get through it because there's going to be lots and lots of bumps along the way. Um, but if you believe in what you're doing, um, in, you'll find people who will get behind you and stand behind you and help you foster and grow the brand. And so I'm finally, you know, along the way I've had those, those milestones and those people jumping in and helping. And so, you know, we really are kind of at a pinnacle now. We're going to Expo West. We're revealing the product at Expo West. And um, we've got a lot of traction behind us now. So it's really, really exciting. It does take a little bit of time, but um, once you get there, you know, it's time to pop the top. And, and I, now more than ever, people are really looking for clean convenience. They like making their own smoothies, but it's inconvenient. So having something that you can grab out of your freezer and pop in the blender and, and run on the go and have in 30 seconds that's completely nourishing to your body um, there's not a lot of products like that. So no, um, I, I want to tell you, yes. I, like you've convinced me. I mean, I, you've, I think you've just convinced an investor and now a customer because one of the reasons that I've got away from blue, the, doing the blending is this, it's just a pain in the butt. And, um, yeah. my wife and, it's messy. and I, you make yeah. a giant mess. Yeah. My, my wife and I talk about all the time. Like we, like what are the morning or desserts at the end of the night? And it's like, I just don't want to end up with cleanup. And then there's also like, when we go to Mariano, she's always like, get me the super kale. And I'm always like, oh my God, here we go. Um, we could do that at home. And now I know how to do that at home, which is awesome. So uh, people should go check out microventures.com slash crowdfunding slash Blendtopia. Uh, you've got about 24 days left on your campaign. You guys have uh, about 132% of what your goal was. Uh, seems like things are going well, but you can definitely use some more investors. Uh, for those of you listening, I, I recommend that you go to check it out. And if, if nothing else, learn more about the product and become a customer because this looks amazing. So... Oh, thank, thank you, Tiffany, you. so much for taking the time. Okay, appreciate it. All right, take care. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. Davis? Well, I'm not, I'm going to preface this, I'm not, a, I'm not a smoothie guy, but I will say I don't like making and prepping meals. Yes. So if I can... And thus the Tavala in our office. We don't do cooking. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, so if I can have a meal that's healthy and I don't have to prep uh, for it, you know, that's, that's a huge value proposition. Yeah, the only thing I was going to ask her was... Do they have a hook where, like, they like Tavalis, you have to buy this oven, and then you, all the food just keeps coming, and it just gets better and better and better? Does Blendtopia have something where they have to send me a blender, and then I just blend away? Is like, a special blender that I that's recommended, or you just do old school with it? I don't know. That's yeah. the question. But I, I do love uh, smoothies. So, to me, I, I can tell you the next time I go to Whole Foods, I'll be checking out Blendtopia. Because it's so funny. I, we, we got Tiffany on the show, booked her this week, like, a day ago. And last weekend... My wife and I were literally just talking about the blending. Like, I would love to do it, but it's just such a pain to clean up mm-hmm. and to, like, keep the fruit fresh. Our fruit, the Gatun residence is where fruit and vegetables come to die. <laughs> they come to our house and then they just die. So, uh, you know, obviously not the not the, the easiest people to live around when you're, like, you know, especially entrepreneurs. Like, you're just, you're flying around and food and food prep are definitely low on. The priority uh, list. Th- speaking of the priority <laughs> list, Davis has got the priority list. Okay, so. You got the chance to be your first first time on the show. Uh, we talked a little bit about how much you love college and how much you love, it. <laughs> love being an entrepreneur. Uh, we talked a little bit about, you know, obviously getting to hear pitches and stuff. What are your thoughts right now as you transition into 2019 as a fresh graduate and an entrepreneur and resident at Technori, if that, if that makes sense? 
Ooh, that's a that's a tough question. Um, you know, so there's there's just from what I've been seeing over the past years, and I think like looking at trends and in society and technology and everything, there's there's so much opportunity out there, um, and you know, it, it's just a matter of finding where you fit in all that madness. Yep. And for me, that's what I'm trying to figure out right now. Um, you know, we had a discussion yesterday on this. Um, and, but you know, it's super exciting. And Chicago obviously is a, it's a beautiful city. Uh, I've been walking around the past couple of days. And so I'm, I'm just really, really, really excited. Um, also glad to be done with college. Why is what, what that's so funny to me because like we were so we talked about this. This is like a little insight into what goes on in our our week during the, the Technori week. But we, we talked a little bit about just priorities. And it's funny to me, like I still enjoyed college. I, I still enjoy living like I'm in college. <laughs> um, so I see your priorities and it's like, you know, what what's the what what is it that you're what is it you think you're gonna get out of being a graduate working for Technori that you didn't have in college? What's that what give me that one thing that that you you were longing for what can we what can we bring to you becoming a more effective person and operator uh, i didn't you don't get that God, in school. i love this kid like, <laughs> you are like my ch- i have a child on the way but you are my adoptive child oh thank you very You're much my adoptive 20 <laughs> i adopt i'm skipping all the child rearing going straight to the to the to the 23 year old child dane you can speak a little bit about this too can't you i have not adopted any 23 year olds but you know if you want a, a little help around the house uh, you know, maybe some yard work and things like that. I, I don't see a downside. I, I mean, I think like you, you're raising people. I'm getting ready to raise. I feel like just jumping right to 23 is the way to go. There's just no problem with it because you can get into all those kind of adult arguments can get armed with all that information, that recon, that Intel, right. That you can use on your actual, uh, biological kids in, in a couple decades. So as long as you remember, write a lot of stuff down. That's all I'd say. That's that's the key right there. Davis, thank you for taking the time to join us today. Where do people go to follow you on the socials? They go to on Twitter, at Davis Marklin. That's D-A-V-I-S-M-A-R-K-L-I-N. Uh, same on LinkedIn and uh, Instagram's Davis Marklin 95. See, I had to lose the, the first name. I just went straight to last name because when someone asks that question, I can't read my entire name and spell it. That's that's my limitations. <laughs> that's where that's where all the degrees did not quite help. We can always um, aspire to be like one name person, you know, whether it's like Cher or Elvis. Or well, that's a goal, Katoon. right? You just take the name Katoon and just say that's what it is. And then you just hope that people, you know, believe it. I, yeah. I'm not sure it's working. But Dane, what's going on, my friend? It's been a, a whole seven days since I saw you. Yeah. Well, I feel like it's been longer than that. Oh, well, we know it's two weeks, right? Yeah, you we, weren't on the show last week. We didn't have a show. We did a lot of stuff, but it just wasn't in this particular time slot or here. So we've got a lot of stuff uh, backed up and ready to go uh, into the new year. Excited. Uh, kind of eclectic blend. We'll have some some racing, some food, some travel. So a lot of those things. We're going to have uh, Andy Knapp, good friend, is going to give us a guide to Columbia. Have you ever been to Columbia? Uh, Missouri. Okay. I meant like the, you know, the real Columbia, you know, with Juan Valdez, coffee, you know, an occasional drug lord. I hear lord. it's one of the, it's the media capital of uh, of South America, so I should go there, but I have not. You been. should check it out. You should check, great food too, and, and great okay. people. We'll talk with Andy about that. And then the uh, Grand Marshal for the Rolex 24 uh, at Daytona, Scott Pruitt, is going to be joining us. We are going to have Brad Miller, Chef Brad Miller from Food Truck Nation on the Cooking Channel. You like food trucks, right? Love food. You know, they're not I do just, love food trucks. They're not just happening here. They're happening all over the place some crazy things it's going to be a great show we'll talk with uh brad and then casey webb uh you know him as the as the current incarnate